2: Hello everybody, this is Jörg Lissmann once again from YouTube channel Joggler66, and I welcome you all to a new episode on Hour of the Truth. Today we have the 27th of August, 2015, another Thursday, as we do our regular broadcasts all the time, and with me, like uh, most of the times, luckily, is my brother in Christ over there on the West Coast in the United States of America and Oregon wall sticker from the website grant design exposed that if you haven't had any chance to visit you should really visit that website there is a lot of understanding on the new world order on there and everything that you probably never knew or were afraid to ask (laughs) you will find some answers on that site i can assure you before we go into our planned program today which will be um, finishing the reading of um, what we started last week uh, from this new chapter that uh, Walt added to his booklet uh, The Vatican Jesuit Global Conspiracy we are still reading in the last part The Influence of the Church and then after that we will go into the next part of the booklet um, that is called the, uh, or that comes from Code Word Babylon, Danger in the Vatican by P.D. Stewart something you surely do not want to miss. But this is probably something for in the last part of our broadcast, so in the first part, in the first 45 minutes, uh, as well as, Walt, I have something to say before that, and you know this is also sometimes very interesting. If you followed my YouTube channel lately, then you will see that I think yesterday or the day before, I uploaded a, a, a video on there that was called Grandfather's Clock. I admit that is a very strange title to give to a video, but as strange as that is, I was surprised that this grandfather clock comparison that Tom Fress did in this little broadcast, it's a video only about 13 and a half minutes, was very interesting because there he put some light on uh, a very interesting view on the American Civil War on the North-South Division and also goes into the division of the political left-right paradigm. So if you didn't uh, watch that video yet, I can uh, advise you to do so, and I will put the uh, link to the video in the description box of the video of this broadcast that I will make later on, that you can watch it. But uh, then I stumbled upon something else um, that you know that I have been reading uh, sometimes here on the broadcast, called Signs of the Times. And in regards to this broadcast of Grandfather's Clock, Um, I stumbled about this article in Science of the Times that deals with the Hegelian dialectic. Something many people are aware of, but also something many people are not aware of. So if you are not aware of what the Hegelian dialectic is, it will be explained a little bit in the thing that I'm going to read right now. But I have to tell you, of course, um, you always have to prove the things that I say that are in this article, and uh, check them with the Bible, the 1611 King James Bible, and even on the danger on repeating myself. This is the only authoritative, uncorrupted, preserved word of God in the English language that we have today. And I don't care how many people attack that. That is the only real preserved word of God in our time that we have. And the authority that you should always take as your stone to stand on when you are talking about the truth and about things that matter. But without any further delay, I will start with a little quote. And one of the quotes is from the Bible itself. It is from the chapter of an Old Testament called Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, and it reads, quote, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, unquote. And the second quote comes from the same Bible from Proverbs chapter twenty two verse three. Quote, A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Unquote. Now probably you know the American statesman Paul Henry, and he said, quote, I know no other way of knowing the future except by the past unquote. And here I want to add that it is, of course, for to know the truth, for to know the, uh, for to know the past, as he says, you have to know your Bible. And you have to know real history. And this broadcast is set up to help you with this. We are not dogmatic about anything, but we are trying to tell people what the past was all about, the things that you do not read in the mainstream media, the things that you do not know from watching television, and the things that you even will not know by studying history books that are handed to you, whether in your school system, in the university, or in most of the libraries today. Because the real history books are even in the libraries, very, very hard to get. I think it was a week ago when I mentioned um, that there were... 6,000 books written on the Jesuits until the 17th century and those books are very hard if anywhere to get today. 6,000 books. Do we have any understanding of how much history even on the Jesuits is suppressed by that we cannot even see, read or get these books anymore? So we really have to Value what we get today and the books that we can get today so whenever we mention books on this broadcast on Hour of the truth it would be wise of you if you are interested in that subject to go to the internet and See if you can download these books as PDF and save them on your computer And please do not get Windows 10 because then it is not your computer anymore and store the books there and read the books for yourself, and get an understanding of the past itself. Like I said on my channel, like I always said, that was my paradigm from the beginning that I went into this so-called truth scene. When I woke up, always do your own research. Don't believe Walt, don't believe me, but believe what you find out for yourself, and take the Bible as your authority to understand it so now i will go a little bit into the hegelian dialectic as it is written in this little article here the german philosopher hegel identified how history works he called it the process of thesis which is the current situation antithesis, which means against the thesis and synthesis the result <clears throat> of conflict between the thesis and antithesis. a short explanation of hegel's system Will help us to understand the world we live in today. So, as Paul Henry said, if we want to know what is coming upon us, we need to understand what has happened in the past. Another way of saying the same thing is, quote, If we don't know where we come from, we won't know where we are going. Unquote. A simple explanation of Hegel's system would be to imagine a family that grows and develops and expands. This is the thesis. Growth and expansion does not occur in a vacuum. This family's expansion will provoke the rise of an antithesis, another family or several families who organize themselves to counter the influence of the first family or the thesis. Now, all we have to do is broaden this process. If a tribe grows and expands, the thesis, it will provoke the rise of their neighbor tribe or tribes who feel threatened to forming the antithesis. If a nation has expansionary policies, which is the thesis, then these expansionary policies will provoke neighboring nations to form the antithesis because they feel threatened. This process can also be seen working inside societies. An example would be the rise of the power capital, the thesis, provoking the organizing of the working class into labor unions, which is the antithesis. The next step is the synthesis. As friction, and the ultimate friction is war, keep in mind, occurs between thesis and antithesis, the result is a synthesis. The conflict between the thesis and the antithesis creates a new reality, which is a synthesis of what previously existed. The best way to understand this process is to look at our recent history. Prior to World War I, because of expansionary policies on all sides, the European nations were divided into thesis and entities, the Triple Entente versus the Triple Alliance, and the Triple Entente constituted Britain, France, and Russia. The Triple Alliance originally constituted Germany, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and Italy. But at the outbreak of war, Italy joined the other side. The resulting synthesis uh, at the aftermath of World War I was the formation of something new, the League of Nations, a forerunner to the United Nations. However, the League of Nations was ineffective, often attributed to the fact that the United States of America never joined it. The world soon broke up into competing theses and entities again, the Axis power versus the Allies, and again for the same reason, expansionary policies. Hitler wanted Lebensraum, which means living room, living space, for the German people. And Japan, having little natural sources of its own, wanted access to oil and coal, and markets for its goods. At this time, Japan was being boycotted for its expansionary wars in China by the Western nations. It only had two months' supply of oil in its reserves when it attacked America at Pearl Harbor. The Second World War was a war for the control of limited resources, just as the First World War was. Quote, No matter what political reasons are given for war, the underlying reason is always economic. Unquote. This comes from A.J.P. Taylor, from British Historian. The synthesis at the end of World War II was again an attempt at a world regulatory body, the United Nations. But again, The hopes and the aspirations for world peace dissolved into two competing blocks, the Soviet Union and allies versus America and allies, communism versus capitalism, East versus West, known as the Cold War. The strategic policy of America and its allies in this Cold War was one of containment, containing the spread of communism. Thus, military bases were built all over the world in strategic places to mitigate threats and to counterattack thrusts by the enemy to break through the containment wall. Periodically, the Cold War would go hard, such as Korea and Vietnam. But what was constant throughout this period was wars by proxy. These occurred when one side would back an insurgency and the other would back the opposition to that insurgency for example Cuba which the Soviets won and Afghanistan which America won when Russia was ejected out of Afghanistan Uh, I have to uh, emphasize here we are not speaking about the present situation but about the situation of the 80s and 90s during the Cold War all nations uh, were put under intense pressure to join one side or the other This is why some third world countries uh, felt they had to form an alliance of their own, called the alliance of non-aligned nations. Not only nations, but individuals were also under pressure to accept one version of the truth. Essentially, it was a battle over beliefs, or the other. With the demise of communism, the world soon faced a new synthesis we are supposedly now living in the era of a single superpower. But that does not mean that the superpower is invulnerable to attack or is without effective enemies. An antithesis soon arose and dramatically announced its presence on 9-11-2001. As a result, the world is again dividing into two blocks. Who can forget the declaration by George W. Bush, quote, you're either with us or you are with the terrorists, unquote. So now we have the war on terror. And the war on terror is matching the world inexorably towards World War III. Think of it in terms of the showdown of the OK Corral. The local community was divided into thesis and antithesis: the Clantons versus the Earps. There were many incidents between these two before the most famous gunfight in Wild West history occurred. occurred. The same scenario is being played out in the world today. We are witnessing the, quote, many incidents, unquote, before the most famous gunfight in world history, which must soon take place in the Middle East. Before it happens, the, quote, unquote, prudent must seek refuge. For what the vast majority, there will be no refuge on this planet. True refu- refuge must be sought elsewhere. And where will you find the true refuge? In Jesus Christ. And remind you, when speaking about thesis, emphasis, and synthesis, it is vital, vital, vital to understand that the organization that is called the Society of Jesus is the one who steers the thesis on the one hand, the emphasis on the other to come to the also controlled synthesis all together. So I thought this was a quite interesting way to start our broadcast today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And now I want to hear, of course, maybe if he has some comments on what I just read from Walt Stickel. And otherwise, he will also take a little bit over and give this hour of the truth his direction now.
0: Walt, how are you doing over there? Well, good evening, Belgium. Can you hear me all right?
2: I can hear you fine well.
0: Thank you. Well, your what you have uh, introduced here in the first fifteen minutes is uh, works right into what the Jesuits and the world has done with uh, futurism. You know, um, this last week, this last week I've had. Uh, I in the last two days, I had two. listeners come and visit me, and I had a chance to fellowship with them all day yesterday. And the first thing that got me really going around and really thinking and putting the blocks together was the most important video that I've ever watched on YouTube. And it's called Daniel's 70th Weeks of Prophecy and the Jesuit Lie of Futurism. You can go to granddesignexpose.com and about two-thirds of the way down, you'll see a video. And it's by Keith Campsha- Campshafer. He's got a web page, his his is UncontrolledOpposition.com, and there's a link, a direct link to his web page. Understand, when you watch this video, and I suggest that you go to button, to to, to watch this video, to, to go to button number two. Button number one is the King James Bible. But the second most important button on Grand Design Exposed is dispelling futurism I suggest that you listen I've said this before in past broadcasts but I cannot overemphasize this you can't we could never have a new world order without the false doctrine of futurism it would never we could never have a pope a Jesuit Pope coming to speak to a joint session of Congress in September, without
1: futurism. It's so vital. You listen to
0: to to Tom Fress. You listen to those, and the reason I have you listen to Tom Fress first. Tom Fress is is a uh, it has probably about a four hours to listen to all the six broadcasts, but when you listen to keith 's broadcast, everything that Tom said he recaps and has diagrams, and remember when you watch keith's YouTube to have you can always pause it because Keith is giving you a complete overview of futurism. When in the world today, the people that are preaching futurism are preaching another gospel. It's too long of a list to name all the futurists. It's better to say the world is teaching futurism.
2: I think uh, Walter Feit made a very good point in one of his videos that I watched one of these days. And he said that 96 to 97% of the world is caught in the Jesuit Mm -hmm. futurist lie. And I I couldn't agree more. Because they all laid away their Bibles and are just listening to man. You know, man loves to listen to man instead of doing their own research, and instead of understanding the Bible, when you go back to the Reformation time in the, 16, uh, in the 1500s, in the 16th century, I wanted to say, in the 16th century, all the Reformers identified the Antichrist of the Bible as the same, even though they had not known each other or had any correspondence together. But they understood the Bible as it was written. They didn't need anyone to explain to them the Bible. And that's why they made it so important that the Bible was brought to the people, that the people could understand the deception they were living in through the dark ages. And directly after the Reformation came the Counter-Reformation, And Ribera, Francisco Ribera, wrote between 1585 and 1590 his book on the Futurism. At the same time, you had Louis Alcazar who wrote a book on Preterism, which puts the Antichrist back in the time uh, of the Grecian and the uh, Roman Empire, and not in our time. And Futurism does put the Antichrist in a far distant future. And completely unbiblical, uses a Jew coming out of Palestine or Israel, if you want, what we have today, and infest himself there as Antichrist, which is absolutely unbiblical. So I dare you and your own intelligence, dear listener, do you think that you are not as smart as the Protestants 500 years ago? If you think you are, well, just take your Bible and let the Bible speak and interpret itself. And therefore, I come back to the point I made before, it is very important that you have the right, that you have the correct Bible, because otherwise you will always be lost in false teachings. And the other Bibles do not explain themselves as the King James Bible does. Sorry to interrupt you here, Walt, but I think that was a little point I had to make, and also I want to applaud you for mentioning uh, Keith's, uh, Keith's video, the one that I sent you more than a week ago, and I knew that it would have that impact on you, <laughs> and I will I will also include, of course, the link to that video from Keith into the video description of the video I make from this broadcast so everybody can see it. it I mean, uh, we were on uh, on Nothing But The Truth before when we were with Michael on that uh, platform. Um, We also did broadcasts, of course, on uh, on the Futurism Deception, uh, where Tom Fress laid that out very explicitly in two broadcasts, uh, which were called at that time. um, The first one was uh, The Greatest Deception Since the Garden of Eden, and the second part was called Satan's Paradise, The Consequences of Not Understanding. The Greatest Deception of the Garden of Eden, also about four hours. And those were very good broadcasts, and Tom did a wonderful job to explain that all to us, and also we who participated in that did, I think, in my opinion, did a very good job to explain to the people the futurist deception. But even though, I have to say, I have to applaud Keith Kampschäfer for his work that he did, he did even go into more detail that I have never even dreamt of to be found in the Bible in that way and that's also because I have not read the Bible from cover to cover yet. I'm still busy with it but you know that takes time when you do other things. So this video, Keith Kampschäfer explaining the 70th week of Daniel and by that exposing the futurist lie of the Jesuits is absolutely a must knowledge by this world. I gladly give
0: it back to you. Well, exactly. I can't say enough for that video. I mean, that video... And listen, Keith, I give no credit to Keith. I give credit to the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, Keith, absolutely. Keith, Keith is uh, uh, just a, a man, and he did that in front of a computer, and he did the graphics. It's done... Like when you watch the video, you think he had a whole crew, you know, but he did that all by himself, and that was the Holy Spirit, because it's the most important issue in our times right now. It is is what has put a muzzle on the reformers. It's put a gag order on the reformers. So I, I, I suggest that you listen to Tom's, uh, broadcast on button two and then listen and, and, you can, and listen to Keith's, Keith's you, you can pause it remember you can always hit the pause button and have your Bible in front of you now the th- third thing that's really set me off is I came across an author he's wrote a book All Roads Lead to Rome and we've heard that term many times And then he's also wrote a book called The Foundations Under Attack, The Roots of Apostasy. The author is Michael D. Simlin. Did I pronounce that right, York? Simlin?
2: Simlin, yes, you pronounced that right. And we are going back in the second part of our broadcast to read the last part of uh, uh, one of his chapters of that book, All Roads Lead to Rome, when I said we go to page 88 in the PDF that you made. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, now this... This, this is a, a, a oh about a month ago I said I want to put a little booklet together on all I can find on futurism and uh, and 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 so th- this book the way he writes it and he puts it in the right order. And tells you, see, it's it's taken it's 500 years since the Reformation, but and they it took futurism a couple hundred years to to uh, to sprout. I mean, it it just didn't happen overnight that people that that completely put a muzzle on the Reformation. Futurism, you can just it's it's a gag order. By Satan to muzzle, to muzzle the Reformation. Now, and and also, and so this I, I want to lead in this this book. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going to be doing a web page with a, some links. So we, you know, it's 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 probably it's the best book. I was thinking about putting a book together. Well, it, the book's already been written, and it's this book. The Foundations Under Attack: The Roots of Apostasy by author Michael D. Simplin. Now, now this leads to my visit. First of all, I want to I I, I want to uh, acknowledge a couple listeners that sent me an
1: email. Um, uh. Is this this one comes from
0: Oregon? This one comes from Oregon. This fellow lives about a couple hundred miles from me. And he says, blessings in Jesus, Brother Walt. Thanks for this. I sent him a link. He's thanking me for sending him a link to Keith, Keith Campshire's video. He said, I was just trying to think of the best presentation of exposing futurism as the lie it is to my wife, who hasn't yet fully grasped the immensity of this doctrinal difference most pro- Protestants now don't even know exist. That is between Historist and Futurism. Been listening to the Hour of the Truth every week. Great broadcast full of information to learn from and share. Thanks to you and York. We'll talk to you again. Peace and song and heart on the Oregon coast. Sincerely, in Jesus. a Brother, brother from Oregon, Aldous. You know, and I, I'll tell you something. It's kind of emotional. It was kind of t- hard for me in some respects. But uh, the other listener <clears throat> came and seen me a year ago. But this time, he brought his wife. And uh, I was out in the garden, and they drew up to the gate. And I came around the gate, and she was already opening the gate. And so I see she was a little self-reliant. <laughs> she wasn't, She didn't need to be, you know. And the first thing she said to me, she said, uh, oh, Walt, uh, I've, I've listened to you before. My husband uh, puts it on a CD, and she listens to it going to work. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> listening to Walt Stickle going to work? You know,
1: <laughs>
0: and so they took me to dinner. We went to dinner, and I we had a nice dinner, and uh, they went to their motel, and I went up to to, uh, to uh, the supermarket here in town. And first of all, what I want to talk about from now here a little bit, I want I want to introduce before I. Start, tell you what I've seen at the supermarket after i would met him. I want to paint a picture. Because all of this information, because of Michael's book and Keith's video and Tom's interp- uh, his uh, explanation of futurism, this is all coming together for me. And it's a very, very important issue. It is the, you could not have a world order, a new world order without it, futurism. You could not. It completely derails the Bible. Now, because with truth, every detail of prosody falls into proper place like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. Truth fits with glorious harmony. It reveals the hand of God in prophecy and history. And I want to mention here now the age of irrationalism. The age of irrationalism. I read this last time, but I want to read it again. Historians have christened the 13th century of age of faith and termed the 18th century the age of reason. The 20th century was called many things, the atomic age, the age of inflation, the age of the tyrant, the age of Aquarius, but the modern age deserves one more than the others, the age of
1: irrationalism. And now we're going to go back to the parking lot.
0: And we're going to talk about When I read Michael's first 12 chapters of this book, you know, Futurism, that's the foundation of all this apostasy. It relates to, there's something that I'm going to use as a teaching aid, chemtrails. People say, well, chemtrails, well, now you really jumped off, off the, off the bridge. What do you mean? How do chemtrails and futurism connect? Well, as I pull into the lot to go into the grocery store, I look west towards the ocean. There was two contrails. One that had been laid down, you could see it puffing out, and one below it that was a little older. And then there was one out into the ocean, I would say, around 15 miles. And I, you know, I, I you know, I, I, try, you know, sometimes when you see this stuff, you try to ignore it. You t- well, it's, it's called denial. So I go into the grocery store and come back out and man, now it's, now it's really puffed up. See, see, when you, let me explain something about chemtrails. I didn't believe this about this chemtrails, OK? I mean, it took me a long time. I mean, I, I got emails and stuff, and, but one day, my dog, Sam, and I were getting ready to go to the beach. And here come a, a jet coming south to north, and he wasn't at 30,000 feet. It's probably about 14 or 15,000. And he was leaving a chemtrail. It wasn't dissipating like a regular comm trail. And so I got in the car. It's a mile and a quarter down to the beach. By the time I hit the beach and looked south and looked north, it was a cloud. In other words, if I hadn't seen it being laid down,
1: you, I couldn't have convinced anybody that an airplane did it. So, so you say, well, Walt, well, what's chemtrails got to do with
0: futurism? Well, a little, just a little. The Pope's coming over here, and he's going to talk on climate change, and he's going to talk about his, his climate covenant.
2: And we have to remember that today they call chemtrail spraying geoengineering.
0: Exactly. It, and it's, it's not a theory. It's been omitted. It's called geoengineering. That's exact. Thanks, thanks, York. Because that's ex- so. So now we're talking chemtrails and futurism. See, I got this from this book, Michael. Michael dissembling." He starts telling, and I'm going to let you. I'm trying to get enough interest in. You know what I'm trying to do is not telling you how much I know. I'm trying to entice some interest in this book. I'm enticed that you will listen to Tom Fresh, Kent, uh, Keith Campshire, and and get a hold of this book. That's what I'm trying to. Uh, that's my my goal in this in this in in, in, in introducing this. O- okay, how how does in and uh, York, and I'm glad you laid the foundation. York gave the foundation at the beginning. How did it start? Well, it started with, in 1590 when Francisco Ribera wrote a book, a 500-page book on futurism. Now listen, in 1590, he wasn't, he wasn't teaching the pr- Protestants. The Protestants weren't
1: listening to Francisco Ribera. I, this was in 1590,
0: but that was the first chemtrail, okay? And it dissipated. And then I could take you. There's another man called Finney that started a. He laid down another chemtrail. Then there was the Schofield Bibles. The Schofield Bible. That's another. See clouding the issue, see, and getting change. Socially engineering. Because think of what they've done. They couldn't do this overnight. They couldn't do this overnight. The state that we're in today in
1: 2015, it took It took more than one chemtrail. You had
0: Schofield, the Schofield Bible, that laid down it. That sparked another area, because that was another one of the uh, 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 Bible version, another Bible version. Now there was there was. Don't hold me to this, but the next big version of the Bible. That, that broke the ice in the versions of the Bible was the New World Translation. The Jehovah Witnesses. They get a clean ride. We don't talk too much about the Jehovah Witnesses. You don't have to talk too much because the Jehovah Witnesses are the shock troops for the World New World Order
1: because they completely destroy the gospel. Completely.
0: They completely decimate the reformers. That's completely counter-reformation. Okay, they break the ice with another chemtrail. And then we get the NIB. And I was going to make a list of all the... and I, Gail Rippengler's got a book on the New Age Bibles, and I read that it's been 15 years ago now, 15, 20 years ago. But it's, there was, when I read the book, at the time there was over 70 chemtrails. There's an alphabetic, you know, we've heard of the alphabet, a police, well, we have an alphabet Bible versions. And just the other day here, last week, I was listening to a broadcast, this man was just pasting the King James Bible. He was calling it Shakespearean. He can't
1: stand that Shakespearean babble. That's what you call the age of irrationalism. The King James Bible.
0: It was a Geneva Bible. There was the King James Bible. Just two different English, two different English. And in the King James Bible, according to Gail Rippinger, comparing it with the NIV, is the King James is a fourth grade level. The NIV is eighth grade. The King James Bible is easier to read, and also the NIV is a futurist version. If you take Second Thessalonians chapter two, and I've been wanting to do a web page on it, but really don't you you can you can. In, in, in a couple minutes you can see this when you, when you read through the NIV it's a future antichrist can you think of anything more irrational than to call the King
1: James Bible Shakespearean Babel? this is the age we live in. This is
0: the age we live in, is irrationalism. Do you think the rupture or the rapture is rational? It's not biblical. Do you think falling down
1: in holy laughter is rational? It's the age of the irrationalism.
0: And see, when you listen to Keith's video, you're listening Keith is getting his authority from the God's Word. Not this is nothing this ain't about Keith. He's getting it from God's word.
1: And he's not irrational. Keith doesn't call it Shakespearean. Because, you know, I want to briefly mention I've had the fortune
0: to meet a couple, to talk to a couple authors of books. One, once they write a book, the author's got an agenda. Number two, if they see a mistake in it, they spend the rest of their life trying to defend their mistake. I'm not going to stop here and give you an examples because I've got a living example of this. And what they do, I want to, I know we're getting up to the last minute, but I want to continue my thought here. So we'll just run into the next half. This is real important in the age we live in and what York mentioned earlier about the 6,000 books being written about the Jesuits. And I just came across this this morning. My friend called me up and he sent me chapter 12 of the foundations under attack, the roots of apostasy. And you've heard me mention the Royal Declaration. If somebody listening to the archives has never heard of the Royal, Royal Declaration. Well, you can go up to Grand Design Expos. You can find it or you can find it in the Catholic Encyclopedia. But guess what? It's in this book. I say okay, Walt, well, we have to make a little break now. Okay. Okay. Well back to part two. We're at part two because we're. Good. So the reason why why I'm I'm bringing this bringing this up is because I kind of lost my train of thought here, people. <laughs> but. Uh, um,
2: I can say something in the meantime, then you can sure, gather sure. your thoughts a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which is um, a very interesting help module to take when you are reading the Bible, and uh, certainly when you do that online, is a website called BibleHub.com. And when you go to that website, you can uh, check every verse of the King James Bible with all the other corrupted Bibles, and then you will see how they corrupted these Bibles and taking out the divinity of Jesus Christ, and how they have taken out all the other important things that the King James Bible mentioned without any problem, but all the other Bibles will not. BibleHub.com Very interesting site to compare the verses. A lot of verses you cannot compare, of course, because the King James has them and other Bibles don't have them. And don't be fooled into using the New King James Bible, because the New King James Bible has six thousand six. Thousand changes between the, the original King James and the New King James. It is only the authorized version of 1611 King James Bible that is the real, true Word of God conserved in the English language today. Back to you, Walt.
0: Yes. Well, I'm 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 glad I'm glad you brought that up because because
2: and that's why we do this together, Walt. Right.
0: <laughs> r- 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 right. Because. Uh, You know, I want to say this about the King James Bible right now. See, the King James Bible is the only one that's under attack. The NIV is not under attack. The New American Standard is not, not being under attack. And it's the only book, it's the only version, it's the only Bible that's not copyrighted. And I can say this, I've actually experienced this, See, this again, if you're looking, these are Comtrails. See, I've been getting Comtrails all through my life and didn't understand where the Comtrails were coming from. But I've been into a secular Bible store and I've experienced it. The King James was in the back room and they had all the other virgins out in front. It's the only one it's not under attack it should be a giveaway it should be a giveaway and who 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 why why were these bibles laid down why were these chemtrails laid down is to preach their futurism to to derail the, the whole reformation to take the, the all the light that the that the Protestant Reformation give us and put it out. So anytime anytime you hear, you know, and I
1: I call them book salesmen, the books that are coming out,
0: the new books that are coming out, they usually run you 20, 25 bucks. And I'll will t- will t- tell you, I'm not going to name any names because there's so many of them. For some, for me to pick one book, it, w- it would be ridiculous because there's, you know, buy the truth and sell it not. They write a book, now they become an authority. I'll tell you when you when you watch a, a Keith's video. I'll tell you where he got his authority. He got it from. God's authority.
1: And it's not costing you a dime. You know, there's so many of them. One of the biggest
0: ones, the book salesman, is Tex Mars. How many books has he got out there that exposes futurism? You got to see how big this futurism is. Because listen. This is what stunned me yesterday. Back to my hike with my guests. Guests, listeners of Hour of the Truth. Now, the wife of this man, he's been listening to the Hour of the Truth, and he understands futurism. So he's mentioned the word futurism, and in the car, the hike was a it was a it was a mile and three quarters to where we turned around. We set out there wasn't one of the most beautiful days at Blacklock Point in southern on the coast of Oregon. It was a beautiful day, hardly any wind. Wind blows out there usually continuously, even in the summer. And we're sitting there, and his his wife asked me the question, Walt, well, what does futurism and what does it mean in the day we live in?
1: And how does it affect us today? Wow. Wow.
0: I was stunned by the question. Why? Because she's listening. You don't learn anything when you're talking. You only learn when you're listening. That's why when you grab a book and you're all by yourself and it's quiet. I
1: mean, you're listening. You're listening to the words on the page without any interruptions.
0: Any well, you know, I gave her a real short answer. And she understood, basically, you know, what is futurism? It was to take the light off of the papacy as
1: the Antichrist and put it off into the future. It's that simple.
0: But, but to, to understand it thoroughly, and, and when you – I don't care anybody that's on this call. I don't care how long you've known this. When you realize how, what they did, when we really understand the magnitude of futurism, the Pope couldn't come over here on December – he couldn't come over here
1: in September? There's no way he could come over here if people understood who the Antichrist was. And it was all
0: those comtrails, all those Bible versions. Every one of those Bible versions is a trail, chem chemtrail, excuse me, Chemtrail. Now now do you see the relation between chemtrails and futurism?
1: They've laid down it was a blue sky. The reformers give us light. And here come the Jesuits with all their versions of the Bible
0: and the counter reformation. And the Pope comes over here, Jesuit, Pope Francis, a Jesuit. Do you realize the historical moments that we're living in? Listen how long do you think how long do you think we're going to be able to talk like this?
1: Because we've got freedom of conscience. We've got freedom of a conscience. You, 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 where
0: is Rome ever given freedom of conscience? Some York just sent me a link this morning on some of the things that, that the Pope's saying. He's so oh, out in the open now because everybody, everybody can't see the light.
1: They can't see the blue sky no more. It's that simple. And now,
0: when you take what we've just talked about, the chemtrails, and you start
1: talking about alternative media, the reason that
0: York or I or any historist would not be allowed to speak on this alternative media is because we would talk history. See, we would talk history. With truth, every detail of prophecy falls into its proper place like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. Truth fits with glorious harmony. It reveals the hand of God in prophecy and in history. I had my a brother here this last week. He said, you know, there's a lot more to it than just calling the Pope an Antichrist. And then he, then he explained himself. Well, it, it's I've actually, I've actually put it in the book now. I've actually put it in page, page uh, uh, the the book, the Vatican Jesuit global conspiracy. I, I, I changed it because, in other words, see see when 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 you're talking about prophecy and you're talking about the Word of God, you're talking about the Little Horn in Daniel. You're talking about the man of sin and the son of perdition in Second Thessalonians.
1: And you're talking about the mother of harlots in Revelation. You're talking about the Bible. Talking about the gospel. When futurism diffuses the gospel
0: It's like, it's like taking the fuse out of a bomb.
1: It's no longer a bomb. How important is. Remember what... The couple, I call them couple X. <laughs> when his wife asked me about futurism, how can... And listen...
0: Listen, this couple, another thing that gives me chills,
1: they've been married
0: 25 years. Do you know how many people at their age, he's about 15 years younger than me, I'm 71. You go a long t- way in, fi- to f- in-, in, between, in between to find somebody that's been married 25 years.
2: Especially when this is the same woman know.
0: That's right. And I can say one thing: they both listen to this broadcast. And you see, to learn something, you have to listen. And she is listening. You know, so th- this this is this has has give me chills. I'll tell you. And what it was a series of things? It was one of the things that fired me off was Keith Keith's video. And and. Weeks prior to that, I kept mentioning Tom's six broadcasts that I have up on uh, on dispelling futurism.
2: yeah, and I upload that on my YouTube channel under the name of uh, New World Order 101 and so if, you can also see that there yeah.
0: if, if if anybody takes the time to look at what this is which now when you watch the nightly news when you watch the nightly news it's, it's not a, it's not a, you you have a clear vision of what's going on. All of a sudden, foreign policy, the, the foreign policy of America becomes very clear what it's all about.
2: Everything makes sense all of a sudden, huh?
0: Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. You know, you know, and, I, and I'll tell you, it was such a blessing. And one thing, you know, one thing it tells me, though, is, you know, we are ab, I had a friend call it mathematical abnormals. See, I had two mathematical abnormals come to come down to see Walt. You know, in uh, I it, it, it's it's uh, this book, this book, this author. I didn't. I, I, I wanted to. I wanted one more point. In chapter 12 of The Foundations Under Attack, The Roots of Apostasy, I have not read it, but my brother called me up today and was talking about it. And I, I mentioned it once before, I, I think, but I just brushed on it. But see, he he, he does it so descriptive. This, this man, this author, is a historian. I mean... This author is a historist, and if you're not, listen, the difference between some these book salesmen, they're not a They're not giving you any history. They're giving you expectations, and they're giving you, they want excitement. They, they, they want to sell something that they've covered, that they're researchers, and so they they got something special that you don't have. Oh, send, your, send 2095 to, you know, and I'll send you the answer to it.
1: When you understand when you when you're listening to the authority and every
0: one of those reformers were listening to the authority of God. That's how that's how they pinned the tail on the donkey. It 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 wasn't Luther's idea, it wasn't Calvin's idea, it wasn't Knox's idea. They got it from the Bible. It's the gospel. That's why that King James is hated. If people started reading their book, they'd know the God's book. They'd know who their adversary
1: is. And it's not Obama. It's not Jeff Bush. But the thing about this that really grabbed me As I said this,
0: to show you how they have buried history, anybody in here, anybody that listens to the archives of this, you do some research. Now you're going to find the Royal Declaration up on my webpage that I copy out out of the Catholic Encyclopedia. But this man puts it in his book and comments on it. It's the only book. It's the only book I've ever found it in. That, now, now, what's the importance of that? Well, I, I, like I told you, remember I told you I, I've had the advantage to, to know an author? I know the author, and talk, I've talked for hours. The author, John Daniels, The Grand Design Exposed. How did I find out about the Royal Declaration? Here's a man that before he read, he was still in the workforce when he was doing his research on his book. He he researched 25 years, and all of a sudden, he calls me up one day, and he talks about the Royal Declaration. I said, well, send me a copy of it. So he sends me a copy. You know, I started typing it it off of what he'd sent me, because he said he got it in the cycle the Catholic Encyclopedia, the 1912. It's it's in the later ones, but they they water it down. See, but in the 1912, it's in its entirety. See the importance to know this. It the reason why we can't see this is because of all the tra- the chemtrails, all these chemtrails. You can't see the blue sky. I've witnessed it. I was over in Eastern Oregon one day. Three years ago, with my dog, we got up at nine o'clock in the morning, and we had blue sky. And All of a sudden, here come the airplane Here come airplanes! And laying down a chemtrail, laying down a chemtrail. And by the time we pulled out of the park, we couldn't see the sky. And that's exactly, that's exactly what the Jesuits have done with futurism.
2: That's a very good point, Walt. <clears throat> And uh, if you allow me, I would like at this moment to turn back to our reading that we prepared for today because that, of course, uh, continues with what you were saying. Um, going back to the booklet that you put together, the, Jesuit, uh, the Vatican-Jesuit Global Conspiracy, reading of Chapter 12 there, The Jesuits Today, which is taken from All Roads Lead to Rome by Michael the Semlian. And, uh, Walt, as usual... Whenever you feel like it, you just say comment, and then you can give your
0: input on there.
2: Is it okay that I start reading that now?
0: I I think it's a a great time. It's a great time. What what page are you on there?
2: Okay, I will start reading on the PDF, page 88. This is also the book, page 88. It's um, the last chapter, or or, or the last last part of the chapter, uh, the Jesuits today, called Influence in the Church. Another former pupil of top Jesuit schools, Zonyhurst College, is leading English charismatic Charles Whitehead. In his testimony that he gives on FGBMFI, which stands for Full Gospel Business Mints Fellowship International, circuit, he has revealed and affirmed his Jesuit background. He is married to an Anglican and heads the Catholic Charismatic Renewal Organization in Britain and also for Northern Europe for which he regard, uh, regularly reports to the Vatican. His para-church activities, especially his role as president of an FGBMFI chapter, have greatly influenced many Protestant leaders who have been led in an ecumenical <clears throat> direction by him. Appearances on television in 1991 point the way to this arrival on the national stage as Catholic lay leader in the charismatic church as it emerges as a serious force under George Carey's ecumenical leadership. David Elton, whose battle against abortion in Parliament has won him great influence among evangelicals, was baptized by Franciscan monks and educated by the Sisters of Mercy and the Jesuits. According to Sunday Times writer Elizabeth Grice, Elton mocks the suggestion that he is a member of the Roman Catholic Mafia, taking his orders from Rome. He describes himself as an ecumenical Christian, and like Charles Whitehead, is married to an Anglican. And although he worships mainly at Liverpool's Roman Catholic Cathedral, he also attends the Church of England Church in Edge Hill. Now, a quote from Catholic Herald, tenth of August, nineteen ninety. Many of the people who attend the rally, which launched the new movement of a Christian democracy in London in November, nineteen ninety were pro-lifers who had made contact with David Elton's office during the abortion amendment campaign, according to the Catholic newspaper The Universe. Founded by Mr. Elton and his Roman Catholic fellow MP, Member of Parliament that stands for Ken Hargraves, the movement aims to, quote, bring, Christians value, bring Christian values back into British political life, unquote, as well as, quote, to forge a valuable link with other Christian parties on the European mainland, such as those in Italy, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, Holland, and Austria, together with their new counterparts in Hungary, Poland, and Czechoslovakia. There is little doubt but that the solid, The post-war success of the Christian democratic parties in Europe has convinced the Vatican that social democracy with a Christian label is the way forward, especially after the spectacular failure of communism. The Jesuits, using Catholic action and other forms of political activity and pressure, have played the key role in bringing about these successes in Western Europe and are poised to do the same in the East." The Pope has specifically called on the Society of Jesus to train priests for Eastern Europe to give the Roman Catholic Church what the European described as quote, a leading role in the political reform of Eastern Europe. Unquote. This is taken from the European 14th to 15th of de- December 1990. Time magazine reported in the same month that Jesuit experts met in Rome in mid-December 1990 to plan this job. The Jesuits currently training 1.8 million students in colleges and schools throughout the world are regarded as, quote, the intellectual elites who educate the cream of Catholic society as well as being the largest missionary body in the Catholic Church, unquote. This is from Time Magazine, 10th of December, 1990. Now, another strategy Another ideology, different means, same ends. And different means, same ends, this <laughs> reminds me of that the end justifies the means. Right. Whereas Christian democracy has brought many dividends to the Vatican in Europe, the strategy for Central America implemented by the Jesuits has been more reliant on Marxism and liberation theology. The Denver, Colorado-based organization concerned Christians drew attention to Jesuit activities in Latin American countries in 1989. Jesuits occupy high positions in the Sandinista government in Nicaragua, despite its Marxist leanings, reported the magazine U.S. uh, News and World Report. Others, having set up a network of worker-priests, are deeply involved in revolutionary movements in El Salvador, Guatemala, Brazil, and elsewhere. They play a key role in the major theological offensive which is bringing Marxism and Roman Catholicism together under the banner of liberation theology. The Pope described liberation theology as quote, not only orthodox, but necessary. When purified of elements which can adulterate it, it is widely seen by watchful Christians as what Jesuit-educated Marxist Fidel Castro had called for at the end of the 1970s: a strategic alliance between religion and socialism, between religion and revolution.
0: Yeah, please. Well, I just want to add, you know, you see how the Jesuits are so in, entrenched in theology. So all this false theology, all the, this, uh, it's, this is where it's coming from. This is where the the rupture come from.
2: Well, there's not one of this modern Bibles written without the influence of the Jesuits.
0: That's right. And, and that's, and in other words, the thing to keep in mind that when we reach this, is realizing it's the Jesuits that are engineering, social engineering, theology. That's where the charismatic movement comes from. That's where the fallen down and laughter came from. It comes from the charismatic movement, and the charismatic movement was put onto us by the Jesuits.
2: Okay, we come to the last part of um, this chapter 12 called the church militant. Well, this can only deal with the Jesuits, huh? <laughs> because uh, as I remember well in Tappasauci, um they are called the church militant. I just cannot remember now the uh, exact Latin term for that, but uh, <clears throat> the church militant are the Jesuits. So I'll continue reading on, page, on the bottom of page 19. Cardinal Manning, leader of Catholicism in England at the end of the 19th century and a staunch supporter of papal infallibility in 1870, spoke to the Jesuit fathers in stirring fashion, calling them to battle and unmistakably laying out the strategy and plan of attack for the 20th century. Now, listen well Quote, Great is the price for which you strive. Surely a soldier's eye and a soldier's heart would choose by intuition this field of England. None ampler or nobler could be found. It is in head of Protestantism, the center of its movements and the stronghold of its power. Weakened in England, it is paralyzed elsewhere. Conquered in England, it is conquered throughout the world. Once overthrown here, all else is but a war of detail. All the roads of the world meet in one point, And this point reached. All the world is open to the church's will. Unquote. Uh, unquote. This comes from Life of Cardinal Manning by Edward Sheridan Purcell. The Bible gives a clear warning. Well, that's what I love about the Bible, because the Bible gives a clear warning about everything. But this quote comes from Acts. Chapter 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. CRIB has also warned the church to be vigilant. Jesuits, or at least those with Jesuit training, for the first time in our history are in the most influential leadership roles. As religious broadcasters, as chaplains in Britain's top schools and educational establishment, and as speakers, teachers, and organizers among the leading parachurch organizations. Their sincerity and the courage of their convictions in relation to their cause is not to be questioned. This is the very thing that makes the situation so dangerous, and why it is vital that, quote unquote, the watchmen sound. The, alarm. the aim of the papacy and its secret army is as it always has been to gain world denomination, uh, domination and every human subject to it. The ecumenical movement was not founded on the free evangelical message of Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit but was spawned in the dark corridors of the Vatican by the Jesuit General Bia. This movement is the latest expression of that system, spoken of in Scripture, which will be destroyed according to the fulfillment of God's will, unquote, as you can read for yourself in Revelation chapter 17, verses 16, 17, and 18. The Scriptures carefully and repeatedly warn us of the deception in our midst. Quote, because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage? Unquote. You can verify that in Galatians chapter two, verse four. And in Second Corinthians, verses, uh, in chapter eleven, verses thirteen through fifteen, we read: quote, "For such are false apostles." Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And this ends the reading of the part of... uh, in the co- Jesuits today, taken from all roads, leads to Rome by Michael DeSemmion in this book, The Vatican-Jesuit Global Conspiracy. Comment. Come. Yeah, yeah, please.
0: I just want to comment on the last, on 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen to 15 it's, God's Word is telling us, is telling us, you know, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Well, they see they've taken the light off of the Reformation and they've turned the bulb off and now the light is coming on September 24th to speak to a joint session of Congress that's the light they pointed the light from one from the authority of God to authority of a man
2: yeah I like to call it the dark light you remember the 80s when people had this black lights Uh, hang up everywhere in discotheques and and, and clubs and even at home it's called the black light that doesn't give any light it just gives darkness and that's exactly what the Pope is preaching and what the Pope is telling Yeah, the video that I sent you a little early on was very interesting you can hear the Pope in his own words with English subtitles that there is no personal relationship with Jesus Christ but only through the church you can reach Jesus Christ. I dare the Pope and everybody else to show me where that is written in the Word in the King James Bible. They can never show it to you. They, they just made it up.
0: That's just that's just philosophy and tradition. And it's not, and it's, it's even in their, it's not even in their Bible, you know. No, it's black light. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, the cockroaches can't see the light, you know. Okay, so
2: you want to, do you want to continue with the code word Babylon, or
0: you? you, Yeah, well, uh, yes, I would, because I'd I'd like to comment on, uh, just, I'd like to, after you read the first uh, paragraph, I'd like to comment on that first paragraph.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, I'm going to continue yeah. in the PDF on page 92. Cold Word Babylon Danger and the Vatican is the book from P.D. Stewart. This is taken from chapter 31. The Revolutionary War How America Became a Jesuit Enclave. And remember, as I said in the beginning of this broadcast, as um, what was his name called? Paul Henry. You yeah. have to know the past to understand the present. And this is part of teaching of what really happened in the past. We start with a little quote from John Adams that he made in 1816. Quote, A most colossal conspiracy against the United States. I do not like the resurrection of the Jesuits. Unquote. That resurrection of the Jesuits officially had taken place in 1814. But I tell you, the Jesuits were never gone. They planned their so-called banishment from all the states. And in that time, they took their revenge via the French Revolution and via Napoleon, who punished all the European kings at that time for banishing the Jesuit order from their countries. That was really another small dark age, the time we had between 1798 and 1814, when finally the Pope surrendered and made a new bull, and reinstalled the order of the Jesuits, or the Society of Jesus, as they like to be called, in 1814, and writing in that bull that no man ever in the future was to ban the Jesuits again. He could do that at that time, because at that time the Pope wasn't infallible. The Pope was infallible about 1870, a little bit later on, because a bull is the highest form of writing speaking ex cathedra the pope can issue and by reinstating the jesuits in 1814 he made another bull completely uh, how do you say that um uh, not existent anymore the one that uh, the other pope used in 1773 to ban the jesuits so one bull speaking against another one pope speaking against another a bull is a paper that cannot be changed, that is ultimately taken into canon law, but the Pope in 1814 did it with the reinstallment of the Jesuit order. We now come to another highly interesting portion of American history, which you would be hard pressed to find in the history books the part played by the Jesuits in the American Revolutionary War, the War of Independence between 1776 and 1783. You want to comment here or after? Yes.
0: Well, in, in, listen. We we'll, we'll get on this, uh, but there's a lot of meat and a lot to say about what was said here in the first paragraph. Sure. And I I, I had a listener, a listener call me, and she uh, and uh, and you know like I said, you don't learn anything when you're talking. You only learn when you're listening. And this is a very touchy subject, and, and I've, I've heard, ever since I've been researching the American Revolution and, and the involvement of the Jesuits, is how to present this, and, and, and I am not anti-American. We are not anti-American.
2: Well, but, Walt, let me interrupt you here. Uh, it is not what we are against, it is what we are for. We yes. are for Jesus Christ. That's right. We are witnesses of the truth. And witness of the truth is an explanation of what a protestant actually is. That's so right. So we are not against something, but we are for something. We are for the true word of Jesus Christ, the one that is suppressed, that is unknown, that is not taught, that is twisted in this world today. We are for this word. And we are standing on this work. That's why we are making this broadcast. And if anybody says, well, you are not patriotic, I am patriotic, but I am patriotic, I tell you right now for the kingdom of Christ and not for any country in the kingdom of Antichrist. I am for Christ and his kingdom.
0: Yes. That I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I want to make one point about America. America, the Jesuits fomented the American Revolution, but they didn't get everything they wanted. They they, they were in on the writing of the Constitution, but not the Bill of Rights. They did not get everything they wanted. If they did, there would never have been a Bill of Rights. But listen, I'm not trying to elevate this country. I'm trying to show you what this country offered the common man. We did get a republic. And we, we got, we, they give us much more than they wanted to give us. These these founding fathers were not Christian. And I don't want to stop here. We've already covered it, but I could read you paragraph after paragraph, quote after quote. They're, the founders were not Christian, but the country was. It was prior prior to 1776, they wanted one thing, the Jesuits. They wanted one thing. They wanted a place that they could have free, religious freedom and civil power, freedom of civil power. That's all they wanted. And the Constitution and the Bill of Rights has been an enemy to the papacy from the very get-go.
2: Absolutely. You know, the Roman Catholic Church is always an advocate of religious freedom where it does not reign paramount. Once the Roman Catholic Church has taken over, there is no freedom of religion anymore. And that was one of the reasons why they stopped the funding of the first envoy to the Vatican uh, after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln because then arose the rumor that Protestants in Rome could not worship the way they wanted to. And just a few years later, there came out by the Pope the Syllabus of Errors, where he condemned the liberal and free thinking of the United States.
0: Yes, he did. So
2: that rumor was absolutely not only a rumor, it was fact. And you will see that again. Now, the people in America often advocate. Freedom of religion. You do that as long as the Roman Catholic Church has not taken over. And one of the signs that the Roman Catholic Church has taken over the United States of America is that the Antichrist is coming next month and speaking to a session of Congress. That will show you that your liberal rights that you fought for, that your forefathers died for, have vanished today. There will be no more religious freedom. There will only be the religion of Roman Catholicism and Roman Catholic canon law. And that's why your rights have been taken away piece by piece by piece after 9-11-2001. But please, Walt, make your conclusion, concluding remark, because we come to the end of the broadcast.
0: Yeah, I think we might run. We can just run over a little bit this morning, and just a little bit, because I want to make a point here. I want to make a point because this is a real. This is where people cannot get a grasp of the American Revolution. Because you got to sit back, and one thing I want, I want to say to this, and I can say this to my brother York. Because York knows more, more U.S. history than the average American. But I'm going to say one thing, and I'll say this to Europe and, and my brother York. Europe has never had the freedom that America has. One thing. Now listen, I'm not a patriot. I'm a patriot of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But I... I This is the hour of the truth. And the truth of it is, there's not going to be freedom of religion in the New Kingdom. But, there's people that still hold on. We are living in post-America. We have been conquered. But one thing, let's do not take this away. We've had freedoms in this country to read and to speak to even to this day, it's going to be taken away. We're not going to be able to speak against the Pope. But one thing this country had that England, England is the people in England were there were their subjects. We were citizens. This country, it, it it exploded with the European work ethic when the people came over here. Suppressed in Europe, and they planted five acres of carrots. And Mom and Dad said, "Well, if we plant ten next week, we'll make twice next year. We'll make twice as much, and they could keep what they produced." Don't think that that the hour of the truth that York Glisman or Walt Stickle are anti-American. We know America history and we know who is taking us down. Who has taken us down. Prior to 1776 they had no civil power and no religious liberty. Why? Because of the Royal Declaration the English people knew that it was a superstitious and idolatrous religion.
2: And within a century, Walt, I have to make this point here, and within a century, they achieved that all Americans were not citizens anymore, but were totally enslaved. And for that, they used the phony Civil War and afterwards the Act of 1871 and the 1868 published 14th Amendment. And since then, the Americans are no free citizens anymore, but they are all slaves. No, so well, instead of just freeing the black people from slavery, that most of yeah. the part took place in the southern part of the United States of America at that time, they used that war to enslave all people that are there today. Okay. That is something that you really have to understand. Yes, exactly. that was, was
0: the 14th Amendment. But again, York, again. I am I am seventy one and I was raised with prof, Protestant thinking. I was raised with freedom of conscience. Now they're taking that away. Yes, they've been made slaves, but a child of God can never be made a slave. They can yeah, but, come in oh. here, they can come in here and take my physical and what I got up on the Internet, and to the right, listen, listen, I could go away with a click of a mouse, okay? But, that's
2: probably but, a but, drone hovering but, over your trailer right now, but but,
0: but but see, I don't, see that, see with that there, that's called, I, there's no, see as a child of God, we don't have fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Exactly. We have don't reference. have it. It's not in our. It's not in our. And our. This is why we're called a peculiar people. Look what they did. They fed him to the lions. And 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 they and they quit doing it because they feed two Christians to the lions, and they'd
1: have a hundred converts in the in the stands. Listen, listen when this country,
0: and see the books are written but what the vocal point we've talked about it here in 1776 it was a, 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 a 176 was a was a pivotal point in history because here here are 13 solidly protestant christ uh, colonies and here over here's england and they've been in see they had to break divide and conquer, they had to break us up. And they were satisfied, well satisfied by just giving us our freedom so they could control government. Now who, now this is, now now Bill Cooper, everybody's heard of Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper taught us an awful lot. He taught us an awful lot. But he was a patriot. And, and Bill never did understand that it was the Jesuits that founded this, that, that fomented the American Revolution. And he didn't, Bill Cooper did not know his true enemy.
2: It's Sadly, Rome. I have to agree on that, John.
0: He, listen, it's Rome. Anytime, and, and listen, I'm going to be right up front. If you think I'm trying to get a religious war, no. No. But what I'm trying to bring to the table, if anything was going to happen, it would be it would be a, a, a group of Catholics that understand what their Pope's doing. The the, the the Catholic, the neighbors, the people in this town, the Catholics, they don't the uh, Catholic Americans don't realize what's going on. They're just as in, they're they're just in a fog, just like the people in the masses, because there's no protest to laugh. This is, the, this is the last of it.
2: How can there be any protest left, Walt, when all the Protestants now believe in the future Antichrist, which brings us back to the that, beginning of the broadcast of right. the important role of futurism?
0: That's right. In other words, all, all they had to do is just bide their time and keep feeding and t- is keep spraying these chemtrails, keep spraying these chemtrails, and eventually... It came out of the minds of the people that they don't even look at Rome
1: as a state.
0: As a, what, I mean, here, because at the founding of this country, see, they didn't want a king, and they didn't, wa- they didn't want a pope. Okay.
2: And now they got both.
0: Now they got both. Now, now, now they just got the pope. To tell you the truth, they just got the pope. It just, it, it, you know. But the thing, the thing, the thing of it is, the thing of it is, is the reason I I, I got to be going because I I got a job. I got to go to. Uh, the thing of it is, this, this, this is, this when this listener. You know, I am not going to give away. I am an American. You know, and I am not one of these. With American, with my head in the sand, but I know one thing: I was afforded. I have lived. I'm a baby boomer, and I'm telling you, we have been spoiled. I've had freedoms that people dream of. They just dream of it, and they're you know. I was. I mean, I, I, uh, my my wife and I, we we. Owned a home; it was only fourteen thousand dollars that years ago, and da, da, da And I had an airplane for ten years. Those years are history.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Those me, years are me. history. In other words, we 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 have been fed a lot of fa- fantasy as reality. And the bottom line is this: the bottom line is this. America was sold something that never existed. Exactly. And, the, you know,
2: the best slave is the one who thinks that he is free. And that's what they did.
0: Yeah, but, but, but y- 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 you, know, y- you know, the people, you know, you see, see the only freedom and the only liberty you have is in Christ.
2: That is a very good thing. Ending. Well, that's scripture's podcast.
0: That's scripture. Absolutely. That, that's Galatians. That's Galatians. Uh, uh, let, me, let me read it. That's Galatians 5 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Christ made me free. Yes, I am a free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We're not going to change one thing out here.
1: Well, it comes Except down the to light, that. the
0: light—the light from Christ that you shine.
2: It comes down to that that we all should turn back and just read the Bible, and understand the Bible, and then okay. you will see that we are slaves in the physical world that they made here but that we are free spiritually
0: when we worship Jesus Christ. The hour of the truth. Again, I am not a slave. I was. I was less than a slave. Because I didn't, I I mean, I, I was at one time. But see, people, this is another thing, is faith and knowledge. Christians, I don't have blind faith. It's just not blind faith. Faith is a substance of something we haven't seen. But God has given us knowledge. I'm not talking about reasoning. I'm not talking about Freemasonry. But we know some history, and when you read the history i've I've read this twice in the puzzle in in this in this broadcast, but with truth, every detail of prophecy falls into its proper place because one thing is you said it a little earlier, York, see, we're told the beginning to the end. the Bible tells us the beginning to the end, and we shouldn't be surprised it's kind of it's 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 kind of overwhelming sometimes to see where we're at in history today in 2015 it's kind of overwhelming to see you know we we are we are very peculiar and we are a remnant but futurism is not the gospel when people, people when you, you, you we have to start calling a spade a spade futurism is a different gospel and that's what I want, that's, that's you know, and you see, I, I've said this, and, and, and I want to read, I want to say this before in past broadcasts, and Tupper Saucy, and you're reading the book, there's no doubt, and we're going to read, get into this next week, we're going to get into this next week, but there's no doubt that the, the Jesuits fomented the American Revolution, but it doesn't take away it doesn't take away what we've had, what what it doesn't take away God's word, God's authority. It doesn't they can't touch that. And that's why it's taken so long to completely destroy and conquer America. America is conquered. I mean it's I mean I mean to to, to try to think that there's going to be a revival, the Bible doesn't say that. You're preaching, when pe- when you hear people thinking that we're going to turn this around, that's, what uh, what kind of theology is that? It's uh, dominion theology. I mean, I heard a man just the other day, you know, he, he was talking, he said, well, you know, you, he says, uh, uh, Eric Phelps wants to take back Pennsylvania. He said, man, he said, I want it all back. That's called irrationalism. Because the Bible doesn't say that.
2: Why would you strive to take anything back here in this physical world when you know that you have everything in the spiritual world and
0: the kingdom Praise of God. Christ to come? That's absolutely. That's absolutely. So, in other words, the thing—the thing of it is—is is as I people, learned.
2: Yeah, people have to learn to fight for the right cause. Yeah. And the right cause is the kingdom of Christ and not any kingdom here on this earth. Because Jesus said it himself, There's only this one world, this world will pass away, but my word will
0: not pass away. There's only one cause. See, there's only one cause, and that's what we've lost. But see, and, 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 that, <clears throat> and, and that's what, the little bit of good that has come out of America came from the cross. It came from the cross. it didn't come from the Roman Catholic Church. It came from our heritage our 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 heritage, our founders I mean not the founders of of, of, the, of the of the American Revolution, but prior to seventeen seventy six our founders their authority was God's word. Was it perfect? No, but one thing they knew they couldn't allow to happen. And they and they warded off the wolf for, for, for a couple hundred years as they didn't want Romans to rule them with a superstitious and idolatrous religion because that superstitious and idolatrous religion wants your head. And they knew it. They knew exactly what was... And, and I'm going to go a little further here and just put, you know, listen, nine of... Listen, the American Revolution was, a, was, was p- pushed on us, pushed on, a, on this country. We can be thankful. We can be thankful that we didn't have a revolution like, uh, 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 like, like the French, but they couldn't put a French Revolution on this country. If they were to come over here with force, They would have woke up a a sleeping giant. They couldn't have done it because we were still colonies. We were still a a, a part of England. They had to stamp out those 13 colonies. They had to. And I'm going to tell you one other thing that I didn't... This has come to me this last week. The reason the Third Reich could take over like they did... It's because of futurism. Because if you follow history, it happens in Europe first, and it comes to America. It don't happen in America and go to Europe. Because our heritage is, comes from Europe. And where did our heritage come? It, it, from the Protestant Reformation, and it came from Germany. And by the time the Third Reich took over in the 20s and during the Depression, when Berlin was was the sex capital of the world, the Protestant Reformation had been been so dampered down that it it didn't have any power. And so what took over? Roman Catholicism took over. You've seen an example when when Roman, when somebody gets complete authority of a government, it's the third Reich, and you're going to see that in America. We 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 we've we've got a Inquisition Pope coming over here to speak. You know, I, sometimes I feel like Jeremiah. Jer- I mean, I mean you you read in the Old Testament, nothing's new under the sun. this, this isn't the first time this has happened in history that people have become so ignorant? That's the hardest thing I have to deal with in myself. And I've been blessed. Why? You see, why have you been blessed? Well, because I haven't got a college education. By the grace of God, I didn't go to college and get a mind of a postmodern.
1: I still can think. I'm still free in Christ.
0: And that's what turned, this, that's what's turned Europe upside down. That's what we're missing. We're missing the light of the Reformation, and it was futurism that did it. They did it with
1: one thing. It did it with futurism. And
0: my, 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 uh, my closing remarks is, listen, I, I appreciate you listening to my remarks God bless I love you all and it's very humbling to have somebody come to see me or write me an email you know because I'll tell you one thing I'm preaching to the choir here people on this call and that listen to the Hour of the Truth they understand God's words and promises and that's what we're staying on we're not moving
2: No, that's um, a good way that Luther put it. Luther said, peace if possible, the truth at all costs. And that includes our physical life. That we here on this broadcast are gladly to give because we know there is a better life awaiting us in the kingdom of Jesus Christ.
0: Praise God. Praise God and be thankful for what we do have today. I mean, we. I mean, I could. You know, I mean, I. You know, I. It's 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 not. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, years ago when I went through a divorce back in 1986, and I used to pray to God. I had so much pain in my heart. It took me years and. And I used to pray to God to take the pain away. I usually literally had physically pain and hate. Man, I was a bitter little prick. And God took it away from me. God. Praise, praise the, the Lord. You know. You know. Because,
2: praise the Lord, Walt. Yes. But let's bring this to an end. We have been long enough on this. Yes. Yes, well, and today. I, I, yes. And, and I.
0: Yes. Pre- but uh, I, pre- I appreciate. I appreciate it. I just got a maybe a little bit god dumped a little bit the last couple of weeks with uh with uh, get, getting a hold of Keith's uh, broadcast and then uh and getting a hold of uh, the new this new uh historic uh author uh you know it's it's not so much that I have learned so much new things from this new author uh uh, uh Michael D Simon but it's it's it puts it in right perspective, and I never met Michael, but I know him, you yeah. and, and and so and, and to be able to share, and to be able to share, and I realize sometimes it's a little it's a little frustrating because I'm getting ready to, to to go now and leave the gate here and go out into the world, you know, and uh,
2: okay, uh, you do that you do that, and I will bring down our broadcast to the end okay i want to thank you of course for your wonderful contribution that you brought today i want to thank everybody who was in the chat room listening to us and contributing to the broadcast as possible and i also thank everybody who is watching the video afterwards looking forward to your comments and please please keep in mind spiritually honest comments okay Walt, thank you very much for your contribution today. Thank you very much for this broadcast we had today. Thank you very much, Jesus Christ, in his name that we are doing all this. And I hope to see you all again probably next week. And until then, God bless you, and bye-bye.